Great to see everyone. Would you please help me welcome all of our locations and as well as those watching online right now? What up? Welcome you to Celebration this Sunday. Also welcome all of our God First Life Network churches and churches that are doing this series with us this fall. And we're gonna continue in the third message of our God First Life series in just a moment. Just a couple of things. For those of you who attend Celebration, just wanna remind everyone that membership is immediately following uh, today's service as well as all of our services today. And also you received this flyer when you came in that talks about many of our equip classes that launch this week. We really encourage you, get in an equipped class. We've got some great classes, men, women, family, freedom, and so many things kicking off at the church uh, this week. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Psalms, chapter 42. I'm gonna read verses one and two, and then I'm gonna go back over to Genesis chapter two and read verse seven. Psalm 42, one and two, it says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God. Everybody say my soul thirst. My soul thirst, my soul thirst for God, the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Which is speaking about worship. Then Genesis two, seven, it says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Man became a living soul. I wanna talk to you about caring for your soul and how that is connected to worship. And I've entitled this message, Thirsty Souls. Thirsty Souls or the Thirsty Soul. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, thank you. just for the privilege of worshiping you, God, and how we can find wholeness and rest in our soul. We give you all the thanks for what you're gonna do today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. You know, there's a lot to be said, or there are a lot of uh, things that people think about the soul. What is the soul? Or, you know, how does that really, uh, what, what's the essence of the soul? Let me give you a biblical definition of the word soul. And it's right out of this verse here, Genesis chapter two, verse seven. Soul, the Hebrew word is nephesh. And it means that which breathes, a breathing substance or being. Anima, the soul, the inner being of man the inner being of man, a soul, living being, life, person, or life, self, person, desire, and also these things, passion, appetite, and emotion. So if you think about what the Bible talks about, that you know that man is a body, soul, and spirit. Well, you know, when we receive Jesus, we receive the spirit of God. Your spirit on the inside of you, once you receive Jesus, it's dead in its trespasses and sins before you receive Jesus. But once you receive Jesus, now God's spirit on the inside of you and you, your spirit, that's the God part of you. That's the good stuff. Amen. That's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then I think we understand our bodies, you know, our bodies are the physical part that connect to this earth. We know that our physical bodies are going to die one day, but the soul, when the Bible talks about the soul, as we just defined there, the, the soul is the, that's the real you. That's who you are. The soul is the inner you and it's the eternal you. When God created, when he breathed life into Adam, he became a living soul. In other words, your soul 
is gonna live forever somewhere. It is eternal. Your soul is the most valuable, the most precious part of you. It is the life center of all human beings. And so our, 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 our souls, they're obviously the most valuable part of us. They're the most precious part of us. They're also the most fragile part of us. And that's why we see in the gospels, Jesus speaking uh, so many things about taking care of our soul. Remember what Jesus said? He says, look, what does it profit a person if he gains the whole world? If you acquire, you know, everything that you could possibly acquire, what does it profit a person if he gains the whole world yet loses his very soul? He goes on to say, is there anything, dude, the, the language is actually exactly like this and it spells this out in the New Living Translation. Jesus says, is there anything more valuable than your soul? Is there anything more important than your soul? And so in the, the world that we live in, we hear a lot about self-care, right? You know, take care, you take care of yourself. Take self-care, taking care of ourselves, but we don't hear a lot about soul care, taking care of our souls. So what I wanna encourage you to, to do today is to understand your soul, it's the most important, the most valuable, the most precious, and the most fragile part of you, and how important it is to take care of your soul and how that is connected to your worship of God. So let me give you a few things about your soul that we see in scripture. First of all, as we read there in Genesis chapter two, you are a soul made by God. God made your soul. He formed you. He, God knows you. He made your soul. That means your soul is eternal. You're made in the image of God. You're a living being. It's eternal. Your soul will live forever somewhere. The second thing is, we see from Genesis 2 that your soul was made for a relationship with God. It was made, in other words, you were created to be connected to God. Okay, so body, spirit, soul. What is in your soul? Your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality. Some people say that, that the heart is the center of the soul. And so watch, you were created for a relationship with God. And here's what that means. Your soul is the, the integrator. It was designed to integrate your mind and will and emotions to be in unity and harmony with God. That's what wholeness is, right? When we're whole, we're in harmony or unity with God. However, when man chose to sin, we disconnected from God. And so we disconnected from God, sin came in, and now our souls disconnected. We went from wholeness to brokenness. And the, how we went from wholeness to brokenness is because, remember, your soul what? You were created for, it was created for a relationship with God. What was it? It was integrated. Everybody say integrated. It was integrated. It integrated your mind, will, and emotions in harmony with God. Now sin came in and your soul was disconnected or watch disintegrated from unity with God. And now our souls become broken or fragmented. What is disintegration? Disintegration is when something tends to break up from what it was originally designed for. And so that's what sin did. Sin brought brokenness into the world because our souls disconnected, disintegrated. We began to, our souls disintegrated, meaning this, we began to break apart from what God called us to be. We begin to, uh, to turn into someone that we're not called to be. 
That's why in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word uh, for evil or the Hebrew word for wickedness is actually brokenness. And it comes back to this word. So what? So watch. Your, your soul was made by God. Your soul was made for a relationship with God. But here's the thing, man. And this is where we get into where we are today. Your soul was made to need God. It's not just made for a relationship with God, made to need God. Now, now what do we know about God? God's infinite, right? Yes. Yes, God's infinite. Y'all need to wake up, man. Y'all need to get out of the football fog. We're talking about the soul today. How many of y'all remember that, that show, Soul Train? Wasn't that a great soul? The soul, doom, 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 doom. Train, doom, doom, doom. Well, as much as I like Soul Train, look, we need some soul training. We need to, we need to train our souls because they're, they're the most valuable part of us. So watch, watch this. What do we know about God? Is, is God infinite? Yes. Is God unlimited? Yes, yeah, so watch. Because we were created in unity with God and your soul was made to need God. Watch. The neediness of your soul is unlimited. Your soul, the, the neediness of it, the thirst of your soul, it's unlimited because it was designed to drink from or be connected to an unlimited source an unlimited life source, and that is God. His love is unlimited. His power is unlimited. God, his life is unlimited. So watch, when we disconnected from God, our souls, it, they stopped being integrated. They came out of unity, but guess what? They kept their neediness. So your soul has an unlimited neediness. And what our souls thirst for, they still thirst for this satisfaction, this life. But what man does, and what we did ever since Adam and Eve in the garden, what we do, well, the, the reason why we're so broken and our souls get fractured is because we begin to feed our souls things that distance us from God instead of feeding our soul on God that brings us into wholeness. So when we talk about sin, what is sin? The definition of sin means to miss the mark. Well, what's the mark that we're missing? The mark that we're missing is wholeness. So as we saw in the definition, our souls have appetites, they have thirst, and the unlimited need of the soul cannot be quenched by temporal things, even though that's what we keep giving it Thinking, I mean, this is really the kind of the definition of idolatry. What is idolatry? It's when we feed our souls, when we feed our souls things that distance us from God instead of feeding our souls on God himself. Your soul has unlimited need. Now, here's the thing. Watch this. Watch. Here's the good news. You ready? You're like, finally, some good news in this message. Here's the good news. There's only one thing that can match the unlimited neediness of your soul, and that is the unlimited grace and love of God in Jesus. Jesus, when God sent Jesus, Jesus is the solution to our soul. Jesus, what is salvation? It is wholeness. It's how we reunite back to God. But even believers, here's, watch, here's what we think. So you're tempted, you, you, there, there, there's something, there, there's a thirst, there's an appetite, it's, it's sinful. You know this thing is gonna distance you from God. But because we haven't learned how to 
feed on God or how to quench our thirst from Jesus, we keep drinking these other things that only bring us more sorrow and shame and disintegration, fracturing, brokenness. That's why in James, when James is talking about, you know, you, you have not because you ask not. And then, you know, when you do ask, you, 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 you spend things on your lust and your ple- pleasures. A, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That word double-minded, it actually means double-souled. It means a fractured soul. What he's basically saying is this, is look, you're asking for all these things, but God is never gonna give you something that's gonna fracture your soul. He's never gonna give you something that is gonna actually distance you from him. And so when we think about a fractured soul, a broken soul, you know, all those kind of things, it's, it's a lost soul. These things are conditions. I think a lot of times we think about a lost soul in terms of destination, like, oh, that person separated from, that's a lost soul. We think in terms of destination, but it's not the destination that makes the soul lost. It's the condition of the soul that makes the soul lost. God Stovall, that's good. In fact, if you say that again, I'll write that down. All right, okay, I'll say it again. I give in. It's not the destination of the soul that makes the soul lost. It's the condition of the soul that makes the soul lost. Let me give you an example of this. Many of you know, if you've been going to Celebration, I love to fish and I've been lost at sea several times. I grew up in South Louisiana. My favorite place to fish was out of Venice, Louisiana. So what happens is when you take all the back Cajun roads below New Orleans, you finally get to this hurricane torn fishing village called Venice. And then that's just where you put your boat in the Mississippi. And then you get in the Mississippi and you go 20 to 30 miles down the Mississippi and you get to the, the, the very end of the earth that I call Port Eads, Louisiana, okay? It's like there's like an alligator that lives there and like two Cajuns and that's about it, okay? And it has the best fishing in the world. But the thing is, you know, to catch fish, you have to survive. So kind of, you know, if you, if you can make it all the way down there and survive, you're gonna catch a lot of fish. But it empties out into the ocean. So all the time we were young men, I mean, we didn't have, they didn't have all the technology and all the stuff that they have now. And even if they did, I don't know if we would have used it because we just didn't grow up that way. I mean, we grow up, you know, with a compass, you know, and there's the old pole and there's the, you know, old sunken shrimp boat and there, you know, and you're just kind of learning your way around. And so a lot of times we go out in the ocean on a calm day and then a storm would come up or something like, like that. And we get in a lot of trouble and our boats broke down all the time in the Gulf of Mexico, man, blew a prop out, blew the motor out. Uh, even, I mean, I've, I've run out of fuel a couple of times, the latest time that, I, can you believe this? So we did this father and son trip. It was me and Stovey and uh, these dads and their sons. And so we get everything together. And I mean, we, you know, spend all this money and energy and everything. And we go way off out of Venice to this spot. And we catch these fish and we're coming back in and the boat stops, just dies in the middle of the ocean. And I'm like, man, what's wrong? What, what, what happened? And the guy's like, man, did we remember to put gas? We, we, in the boat, we forgot the fuel. Can you believe it? So yeah, we, so we, we went adrift. Later, we were finally rescued by some shrimp boat. But here's, a, here's the point that I'm trying to make. What is the point you're trying to make? I'm about to make that point right now. Here's the point. Every time I've been lost at sea, 
It was because of the condition of the boat. It wasn't I got lost at sea because I just went out and went to the wrong destination. No, the condition of the boat is what made me, and the propeller broke, so we started to drift. Ran out of gas, so we started to drift. Motor went out, so we started to drift. It was the condition of the boat that made us lost. And it's the same thing with our soul. It's the condition of your soul that makes you lost. And the good news is, is that Jesus came to save and heal your soul. Come on, can you give it up for Jesus? So, so, so watch, so this is where grace comes in and this is where worship comes in because I can't replace an idol just by turning away from, or, or, or I, I can't change the way that I satisfy my soul, even though it's hurting me. And here's where we get into addictions, we get into strongholds, we get into negative behavior, we get into these appetites and we get accustomed to feeding ourselves on unhealthy things, even though we know that's just gonna cause us more pain. We can't just stop it. We have to replace it. And the first step of worship, if you wanna get worship down to its core, what is the first step of worship? The first step of worship is when I turn to God to satisfy my soul instead of these other things that are distancing me or pulling me away from God. That's the very first step of worship. I've gotta replace, right? I've got all these appetites. I've gotta learn, how am I gonna learn? I've gotta, I've gotta learn how to replace when I have I have these thirsts, my soul, have the, my, my soul has unlimited neediness. I've gotta learn how to go to God with that and go to Jesus because he and he alone is the only one that can satisfy my soul. He's the only one. So, so let's talk about worship in the soul for a few moments. And this is kind of one of those like, okay, if you want to, you know, some soul care, some, some soul coaching here, the next time, all right, you're faced with that thing that you want to do, that you have this desire, it's an appetite, you know, it's, it's sin, it's temptation, or it, it, it's something that you're trying to add to your life or, or whatever it is. The next time that you wanna do that and you feel that pull and you feel that temptation, you need to talk to your soul. You need to tell your soul. You need to tell your soul this. You need to say, look, I know that you think this is what you need, but what you really need is Jesus. You think, <laughs> you know, you, 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 you think that this thing, I'm feeling this pull and this lifestyle, this temptation, this appetite, this desire, this thirst. And so you think that this is gonna satisfy that thirst but it's not. What you're really thirsting for is Jesus. That's what you're really thirsting for. And that's why, what do we always say? And, and what's the truth? What sin can never, what? Can never satisfy. It can't satisfy the soul. The soul was created for God. That's why sin, sin can only fragment and break and, and fracture and push us away from God. 
But thank God for the blood of Jesus that forgives us all of our sin. We're on our way to heaven, but God doesn't want you just limping through life, a broken, fractured soul. He wants you to come into wholeness. And when we learn how to really take our needs to God and take our pain to God and take our temptations to God and let our souls get satisfied on God, I'm telling you, you can come into a whole new freedom in Christ and it all starts with worship. Can you give God a hand for that? That's what Jesus was telling the, the, the woman at the well. Remember, he, he, he met the woman at the well. She'd had five husbands. She was trying to satisfy her soul with things that were pushing her away from God. And Jesus begins to teach her about worship. And he says, look, if you knew who was talking to you, you, know, you would ask me or ask that person of living water and you will never thirst again. Jesus was saying, the reason that you're in this predicament that you're hurting, that you're lonely, that you're broken is because you've been trying to satisfy your soul with all these other things. If you'll learn how to worship me, I'll give you the living water where your soul will never thirst again. So look here in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. Look what Jesus says. He's talking about worship here. See, there's, there's a lifestyle of worship and then there's the act of worship. There's the lifestyle of worship. We, you know, our lives are worship to God. And then there's the act of worship. That's what we did uh, today. That's what you do in your Devo time and when you're, when you're in your car. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus says, look, come to me all you are, who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. He's speaking of worship here. Listen to this again. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. So like, I mean, isn't that like everybody? I mean, weary? Aren't we all just exhausted? All the time being bombarded with all the stuff? He's like, come on, uh, look, look, if you're weary, if you're heavy burden, if you'll watch, Come to me. What is he saying? If you'll learn how to satisfy your soul in me, he says, I will give you rest. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle and at heart and you will find what? Rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. See, when the soul is united with Jesus, when the soul is satisfied in in, in Jesus, it's at rest. So here's what this teaches us about worship. Watch this, okay? Number one, and we know this, but we just need to, you know, go there, okay? Jesus must be the focus and center of our worship. Okay, so watch, so when we come into church, or like we're not just coming in to sing songs. I mean, I don't, I don't know how worship ever got, you know, we're singing songs, you know, we're opening books or whatever, you know, dad, dad, we're just singing. L- listen, listen, singing songs in worship is a whole different thing. When we, when we come to watch, when you come to worship Jesus, you know what you're doing? You are coming to satisfy your soul in him. You're coming to to exalt Christ and give him the preeminence in your life. And when you truly focus and and worship Jesus, something supernatural happens. It's the living water that he was talking about with the woman at the well. And this was foreshadowed in 2 Chronicles chapter five, when Solomon built the temple, and they begin to sing and, and, and they begin to worship God. And the Bible says at the very moment they begin to worship God, at that moment, the Lord's presence filled the temple. 
and no flesh could stand in the Lord's presence. Now in the New Testament, what or who is the temple of the Holy Spirit? We are, right? So here's what that means. When we begin to focus and worship Jesus, watch, at that moment, at the very moment, God's presence comes down immediately. And the things in your flesh, the pain, the brokenness, the temptations, the turmoil, the disappointments, the sorrow, all of those things, when God's presence shows up, those things cannot stand in God's presence. They've got to deactivate. Watch. Even if it's just for a moment, God has designed worship and it's the only thing in our walk with God, really this side of it. See, everything as we grow in the word, relationships, spiritual maturity, discipleship, all of those things are a process. Worship is one of the things, it's an at that moment experience with God. God designed it where if you will worship him, he's saying, look, if you will in the act of worship, satisfy your soul in me, you're gonna get a taste of what it feels, just a tiny glimpse of what it feels like to be whole. And that temptation and that sin and that sorrow and that discouragement, all of that is gonna bow its knee to the presence of God in Jesus Christ. That's why even if it's for a moment, even if, it, if it's for a moment, those of you who know how to worship, what happens in that moment? You're, you're not tempted with that thing in that moment. You're not consumed with that thing in that moment. Regardless of the sorrow and pain, it's not having the grip on you in that moment. See, God designed worship to be a time, even if it's just for a moment, this side of heaven, where he could give you a reprieve from the pain and the sorrow and the brokenness that life brings to us. But you've got to decide that you're going to have your moment with God, even if it's just for a moment, every single day through the worship of Jesus Christ. Come on, can you give God a hand? So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to have my my moment with God. That's what, that's what my goal is. And then I get a taste. God imprints on me and I get a taste. I just get a taste of that wholeness. And then through that, through worship and then the other things, the word of God. I mean, our freedom classes start off this week in the church. There's so many things. What happens is we begin to walk in freedom or a process where we learn how to bring our temptations and our burdens to God. What did Jesus say? All you who are weary, who's weary? Everybody's weary. Your soul's carrying something. We're all broken to a degree. All you who are heavy laden, you bring that to me, I'll give you rest. Now, now this is interesting, okay? Jesus uses the same things, things that are heavy on us, cares, all that. He uses the same thing in another passage of scripture to talk about that those are the very things that are gonna bring people away from God and fracture their souls. When he says in the last days, you know what? Because of the heavy burdens, because of the cares of this life, because of the weights, the love of many will grow cold. So what Jesus is doing is he'll give, he's giving us a decision. Look, you can either, either let your soul get fractured and your love grow cold by keeping those burdens yourself and trying to feed your soul on things that don't satisfy or you can learn how to bring your cares and heavy burdens to me and the very things that were pushing you away from God will actually bring you to God and you'll find rest for your souls. That is good preaching right there. 
It is. Where you can say it's, it's, it's well with my soul. That it's now think about all the things we talk about the God first life. We talk about living from the inside out. We talk about exchanging our worry for worship. We talk about, talk about not, not, not allowing the, the things of the world. Watch, they might pressure us on the outside, but they're not gonna dictate who we are and we're not gonna allow them to affect our soul. Just, I mean, do you think, think about the things that we allow to affect our soul. Is there anything more valuable than your soul? Imagine your life like this. Come on, I'll start with something simple for you ladies. Listen, don't let a bad hair day affect your soul. So let's start with something light. Some people, they'll let a flat tire affect their soul. I'm not saying you're not gonna have trouble. I'm not saying it's not gonna end up being a bum day, but don't let it affect your soul. You say, well, God, watch, watch. Well, God, I had big plans for this day. You know what? They're all ruined. But you know what? Jesus, these things that I thought were gonna satisfy me or that, Here's, here's what I know. At the end of the day, only you satisfy me anyway. So I'm just gonna choose to be content today because I want it to be well with my soul. I want it to be well with my soul. So think about big, think about, you know, you didn't get that promotion. Think about a relationship problem. Thinking about something that happens in your past when we can get to the point where we learn how to bring these things to Jesus through worship and through trust, that's when we can find rest for our souls regardless of what's happening on the outside. And when you start to think about that, you'll start to realize this truth. Really nothing, nothing can affect, if you don't allow it, nothing can affect, nothing has power over your soul, nothing. When your soul is united with God, nothing has power over your soul. You can control that. Soul care. It's soul care. So watch. Worship, it's, it's got to focus on Jesus. The next thing, worship is about removal. Once Jesus is Lord of your life, it's about removal, not addition. It's about getting things out. What did Jesus say? Bring these, these heavy burdens, these things to me. You've got to get those things out and get them to Jesus. And remember this, through true worship, true worship always brings rest to your soul and power to your life. Listen to this, when my will is freely and joyfully aligned with what I value most, my soul finds rest. I experience wholeness. It is well with my soul. When I live half-hearted devotion, my soul is always strained. It's always strained. So watch, let me give you some practicals as we close here, okay? So let's just talk about the act of worship, how we do it in the church. Let me read you a scripture. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Have you ever heard that saying, hurting people hurt people? You ever heard that? Hurting people hurt people. You know why, so, well, you know why we can't love people and, and we, we end up hurting people a lot is because we can't love ourselves because our souls are fractured and not at rest. So your worship to God and your wholeness is crucial for you being able to minister wholeness to other people. So here's what Jesus talked about, okay? So let's just talk about the act of worship and this like is scalable in so many areas of your life. Here's what we do at church. Okay, first, what do you do on Sunday? 
We, we take a slice of time, right? We're gonna remove, worship's about removal, not addition. We're gonna remove what was ever in that time. Come on, golf, sleeping in, whatever it is. We got so many service options, it's just celebration. You have no excuse. You have no excuse. Well, I'm missing the kickoff of the Jags, Jags game by being at church today. No, you're not. You could have come at nine. You could have come at 10.30. You could come at 5.30. All right, so. <laughs> Worship's about removal. So we remove, now we free this time up for God, for soul care. Now, when we come in, what did Jesus say? What does worship involve? Your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Okay, this is very, very important because the one thing, no matter how bad a day that you've had or no matter what you have going on, you can control your strength, your physical body, okay? So when we come into church, here's how we get our souls connected with God where they can be at rest. We come into church, you have strength. You can start to worship God with your body even though your mind is somewhere else and maybe even your emotions and everything else are somewhere else. You can, so we kick up the praise song, come on. You can clap your hand. Come on, let's clap our hands. We're clapping. Do this, see? So there's a, there's a praise song going on. Jesus, you're great. You know what you're doing when we, when we start to praise God? Remember, at that moment, you're worshiping God with your strength. You know what you're doing? You're sending a message to your soul. Guess what, soul? You're about to get pulled out of the pit. Guess what, soul? You're about to get out of your brokenness. Guess what, soul? You're about to get out of your sadness. Guess what, soul? It's about to be well with you because we are heading to the heart of God because we're worshiping God with our strength, our mind, and our soul. So watch. So there's clapping, right? What else does the Bible say about worship? What? Lift your hands. Let's all lift our hands. Even if you don't like it, lift them. Well, hold on, Stovall, this is just way too emotional for me, man. This is like, I would love to see your behind at a football game. <laughs> we get so, listen, how can we not watch? Worship God with your strength. You know what that means? That means even when you don't feel like, what's, uh, we lift our hands. It's a sign of what? Surrendering. We're telling our souls, you're surrendering to God. Okay, so watch, put your hands down. See, it's those of you who are afraid to lift your hands, I helped you, you did it, you're in. You're one of those people now, you know, so. Then, then all of a sudden you're doing that, that has an effect on your body. Now your mind, worship God with your mind. Now your mind, you engage God with your strength, now you can encounter God with your mind. Now you can focus on what those words are actually saying. And to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that's why another thing, we're talking about talking to your soul, speaking the word of God. Look, here's another part of your strength as well. Listen, when the words are up there, you know what? <laughs> Move your lips. Those are for you to sing. Not just stare at them like. Sing, sing, get, get the words out of your mouth. And that gets into why, why, why is our music a little loud? Listen, we're, we're making the music a little loud so you can sing and not distract the people around you with your bad voice. So the next time you think, man, this music's too loud, just think, well, it's better the music being loud than me, you know, distracting all these people 
with my bad voice. Same thing, why is it dark in here? You think we're, it's dark just so we can, we're so cool, man. It's dark, so we wanna help you get your mind off yourself, how you look, look at, we want you to get your strength and your mind on God. And when that happens, your strength and mind, the next thing now is your soul. And that's when the presence of God floods your soul and all of a sudden you begin to experience at that moment, and even it might be just for a moment, that taste of wholeness, that taste of all the things of the world falling aside. And that's when you can truly say, it's well with my soul. And it's when you can learn, you know what? All these other things I've been doing, so those things aren't gonna satisfy you. So you think, you want these other things, but what you really want is God. You're really thirsty for God and only Jesus can satisfy the soul. Father, thank you for your word, Lord. I pray right now, everyone under the sound of my voice at all of our locations, how many of you would say this? How many of you would say, uh, Stovall, I'm, 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 I've been satisfying or, or I've been trying to, satisfy my soul with things that are only pushing me away from God, things that are only hurting me. And from this day forward, I wanna make that shift. I wanna make that shift of coaching my soul to get its satisfaction from God instead of trying to get satisfaction from these other things. If that's you, will you just lift a hand up wherever you are? So many hands are going up. So many people. We're all, we all have degrees of brokenness. And this is, this is what learning to be satisfied in Jesus is all about. You can put those hands down. How many of you would say this? You'd say, Stovall, man, I, I don't know if my relationship with God is real and I don't wanna be a lost soul. I wanna, I wanna be a found soul. I wanna know that my soul is spending eternity connected with God and having eternal life instead of disconnected with God. If that's you, if you just say, Stovall, I need, I, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I need rest for my soul. If that's you, I want you to raise a hand right now, wherever you are. Stick it up high, stick it up high. Yes, 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 yes. So many hands are going up. You can put them down. Here's what I wanna do. I wanna say a prayer for you. If you raised your hand uh, for any of those things, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer in church. I'm just gonna ask all of us to repeat this prayer as a declaration of faith and let's just satisfy our souls in God right now. So repeat this prayer. I want you to mean it with all of your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life and I surrender my soul to you. Jesus, I repent and I renounce everything that I've been trying to feed my soul that distances me from you. Jesus, I commit to you. I follow you. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and satisfy my soul. I thank you for forgiveness and for everlasting life. Lord, I thank you that it is well with my soul.
Amen. Come on, let's give God a big, big hand. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.